Welcome to another episode of the Bench Time Podcast, presented by HO Scale Customs. Now buckle up, you fine scale freaks. It is episode 15, very special episode because we have a special guest coming up, but episode 15 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. This week's episode is brought to you by our very own HO Scale Customs. Uh, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash HO Scale Customs, and you can actually become part of our show. You'll get your name shouted out on a show. We have a couple different levels with some goodies you'll get when you hit different levels and different times. Just some cool rewards. You can help us out keeping this show going. We have a lot of great feedback, so it's just a little way to help us keep this show moving if you really enjoy our content. Uh, and with that, our first Patreon patron... Uh, I want to give a shout out to Dave Criswick. I I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Dave, but we greatly appreciate it. You took the plunge. You became our first patron. And this week we will be shipping out your sticker and we will, you know, you got your shout out on the show. There's a couple other things that we're going to have to line up with you. So I will be in contact with you very, very soon to get some, uh, some more information from you. But thanks a lot, Dave. Big help. You know, we're on our way to hopefully create some bigger and better things down the road. Uh, and if you guys can become involved with it, it would be just stellar. So we are now going to jump into episode 15 in its entirety. This week's episode, we interviewed Jason Jensen. Very exciting. If you're on our Facebook page, you probably saw the little, uh, sneak preview announcement that that we were saying we were going to have Jason on the show. So Jason Jensen from Jason Jensen's trains. Here we go. All right, and we have Jason Jensen with uh, Jason Jensen's Trains on the line. Uh, you know, we've been trying to get a couple more guests on the podcast here, and he was willing to come on. So, uh, welcome, Jason. Yes, thank you. Uh, hello, Todd and Brett. Hello. Um, it's an honor. It's an honor to be on the show. Uh, I've actually listened to some um, past podcasts, and you two have so much fun on this show. Uh, I think it's great that you two share the same passion for this hobby. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, Thank you. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah and since he's at his home and I'm at my home, we can't strangle each other and it, it works out really good that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, that's why it's very limited time in the basement together. It's uh, you don't want to get each other's throats. But uh, <laughs> no, so yeah. we've we've been following you now for a little bit on Facebook for a little while, and uh, and I think vice versa. We've been trying. We've been both running into each other's uh, stuff for a while, and we just admire yes. the work that you've been doing, and probably probably you know same as you for us. But it's yeah. it's just it's awesome yep. seeing you got you out there doing just some what we think is a ama- you know just amazing things, and and yeah. uh, and. It's definitely cool to get another modeler's perspective uh, as we start to devolve into some conversation here. Well, thank you. And, you know, I just love sharing the hobby with people. Um, And, you know, I always hesitate telling people that I'm an artist because I don't feel you need to be an artist in this hobby to achieve amazing results. I really don't. Um, I think that most modelers um, face two major obstacles. Um, The first one being fear. 
most people are just afraid that they're going to screw up, that they're going to uh, screw up the kit. Almost like and, and so I think if you can get yeah, definitely. You were saying, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think if you can, if, no, if you can just get past that initial fear and just jump into it, um, you just got to get going. You just got to get the ball rolling on the project. And the second thing, I think that stops people is they're they compare themselves to other modelers, or they want their project to turn out like someone else's. And uh, I don't think that's a good approach to take myself. Um, you know, it's like if you are going to paint and you're going to try to copy Picasso, well, you're going to end up with a copy of a Picasso right. that's not going to be as good as his. Right. And so you're setting yourself up for failure. I think a better way is to um, learn techniques as many as you can and uh, and then apply it you know first practice um, try on you know scrap wood or some old plastic or something uh, but then apply those techniques that you learn to your kit and know that you're doing the best that you can right know. yeah totally. I agree with that entirely yeah. um <laughs> you know, you said about artwork. You, you know, you, obviously you do. You, you're an artist, and um, uh -huh. I have a little art background myself, and Brett does as well. But you know, it, it doesn't take, like you said, it doesn't take an artist to uh, to be able to to produce nice work. It just, like you said, it takes it takes that experience of getting in there and, and trying new things. And you mentioned about you said about picking another modeler, uh, and you want to emulate what he does. And I, for the longest time, I, I was I would look at for years before Brett and I got back into it. I was always a big you know this is twenty five years plus uh, or thirty years with George Celius's work, and yeah. uh, that's, I would look that's at that's a pretty high and, standard to hold yourself to. Right, and I would like oh, I want to be able to do it like he does. Well, you can't, and and if you do, you're going to be disappointed. Not only are you going to are people going to view your work like you said, you're going to disappoint yourself, and then you'll get discouraged. Yeah. But then you won't have your yep. layout either, or your work. It'll be your work trying to look like someone else's, uh, just like Jason. Was yeah, saying. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I like the I love to have that individualism, but you yeah. Know, Anybody, once you start doing it, you become an artist. You you find yeah. that you find that in yourself. And art is art. As an artist, you could probably you know tell this, and I don't want to take your time here, but but you're as an artist. They always say you know, art's the eye, in the eye of the beholder. So mm -hmm. if you feel it is art, then that makes you that artist. You know. So yeah, yeah. I think it's important to find. And you're only going to find out by doing and trying. And then by doing that, you're going to find out really where your passion lies and what you have the most fun modeling. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you're just looking at other people's work, uh, sure, you're going to love that person's work. But uh, once you get into it, you might find that it's not exactly where your passion lies. Right. Uh, for example, I uh, loved... Uh, um, Malcolm Furlow's uh, modeling years ago 
and he did so much mountain work and bridges and uh and that's kind of where I started. I started doing the uh, all the mountain work and bridges. And um, now that I'm building structures, uh, I really I'm not so much into building mountains and uh, and big bridges. Uh, it's amazing now that I have this passion of just doing wood kits. And it hasn't been, I would say, probably two years ago. I put together my first wood kit and it was from Foscale. And uh, boy, after that, I was hooked. <laughs> I was just buying wood kits left and right and just uh, just couldn't get enough of it. I think that's and, the same uh, thing. And it's funny. I, yeah. Yeah. Yours, too. Uh, I still appreciate Malcolm Furlow's work and like John Olson, uh, John yeah. Allen, those guys. They oh, did amazing. great work, but. Um, but now I sort of found my own sort of niche and really what I'm passionate about. So, well, I, I gotta say, I kind of tonight before we got on, um, I, we knew you're coming calling on tonight, and I um, kind of went through your Facebook page, uh, your Jason Jensen's trains, uh-huh. and checked yeah. out some of your earlier posts and. You do some pretty good mountain and bridge work, I gotta say. So you can't sell yourself short off. It was impressive. It was definitely impressive. Well, thank you. Yeah. And what got you into what got you into model railroad in, in general? I mean, how long? Well, ago? Um, my grandfather got me into the hobby, um, and he uh, he was. Uh, a, a simple modeler. I mean, he just had two four by eight sheets of plywood put end to end. Um, you know, spread his glue out and sprinkled on all of his grass and laid cork down and laid his track. And um, uh, he put together all plastic kits. Um, and most of the times it was straight out of the box. He did do a little bit of painting. But um, that was my first introduction into the hobby. And uh, I've always been a creative person. I knew in the second grade that I wanted to be an artist. And so um, it's just model railroading is perfect. It's just such a creative get to experience, you know, not only kit building, but electrical and woodworking, uh, so many other things. Right. So, oh, that's great. And, I mean, you had to share. You got to share that with grandfather. I mean, some of you know being able to 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 be able to have that that you're following that passion that you got from your grandfather. That you know you'll be able to carry that through and always have those memories. And you're and you're yeah, exercising right. that with your with your passion. You know that's yeah. pretty cool, right? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, um, the, the um some of your some of your Let's get into your kits that you've been um, building. I mean, I have some questions, some real good questions here. These aren't hardball, okay? okay? I told you I could softball, but it's okay. it's um, you got a million of them. I, I went through and I, I was trying to scroll to when you first started with this Jason Jensen's train, and I kept scrolling, and it's it's kit after kit after kit, and I'm like, when the hell does he find time? Where did he find the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Um, thankfully, I don't require a lot of sleep. And no kidding, I sleep probably five hours a night. <laughs> and so I do, uh, I wake up super early in the morning and, uh, you know, and I'm working in the shop. Um, I'm up late at night working in the shop. Um, I just uh, really just can't get enough of being creative. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at them, I'll go, well, uh, some of the models too. You do I, I see you do? Well, we'll get to that. But you had the um, it, some, they're 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 elaborate. Some of them are very big, and and I, yes. I look at them think. My gosh, I, you know that would I could build those things, but it's gonna it, it's gonna take me two months. So, you know, <laughs> that's a quarter of our year gone. And I don't have any I don't have any kids at home anymore. My kids, you know, going here, you know. So yeah, I, you know, sitting down to find that kind of time, that's that's impressive that you can pop, pop out that much. And um, well, yeah. thank you. And I I kind of opened a can of worms with that Facebook page because. People started noticing my work, and then they're like, oh, um, if I pay you, will you build a kit for me? And I'm like, well, okay, and sort of one kit led to two, and two led to three, and, uh, um, and so it's, uh, I've always probably got about, you know, two or three kits going all at once <laughs> um, for different people, and then, then building my own kits. Um, I haven't touched my own layout um for I God forever. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've worked on my own layout. I was going to ask you so, if you had a layout because I I've seen photos, so I know that you know earlier on you had some photos of your layout that yeah you can see in the background and and um, yeah. so how big a layout is that? It looks pretty large. Uh, it is. Uh, it's very large, and um, it almost. Uh, it probably goes from your waist all the way up to the ceiling. I have oh, wow. some mountains that go all the way up. Um, uh, it's very large. You know, the <laughs> because my interests keep changing, and now that I'm so heavily into wood kits, um, boy, I, I never had a plan to begin with. I, I started with a, a four by eight, like most people do. Mm-hmm. And then I just started adding on to it, and I just kept adding on without ever having a overall plan. And, um, and now I'm to that point where I almost wish I I've been tempted to start over. Oh, uh, no. believe it or not, <laughs> I know <laughs> that's scary. Um, it's not I, wish fair, I, I, I wish there was an overall plan uh, with it instead of just continuing to, to add on to it. And the way I modeled it, I would finish a scene before I moved on. So I'll completely finish a scene and then move on to the next scene. Um, and then just keep adding track. So, um, yeah, I just wish there was more of a plan. But That sounds oh like well. kind of how, <laughs> that's kind of the approach that we took when we uh, kind of started everything yeah. with our layout. We... We just kind of, you know, threw it all down really quick because we were excited to start a layout. And then, you know, just actually about a month ago, we were looking at it. We were both down in my basement here looking at it going, this is not this is not what we wanted, you know, now that we've learned a little more. So we just completely ripped it all off and started from scratch again. So 
It, oh, you know, wow. Well, that's it, great. It's, it's good to hear. But it's, it was scary. I can't even imagine how scary it would be tearing yours apart and doing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about ready to have a stroke with ours. Well, uh, luckily, <laughs> luckily, you didn't do it. I just went down there one day and just yeah, went I'm to I'm glad I went there. If I was there, I'd be, <laughs> yeah. You'd have had to sit me in there. <laughs> when I I just when I was done tearing it off, I just sent you a picture of the clear tabletop. So, so Jason, what what's the wow. uh, what do you think the total sizes of your area now? Like that that your your whole layout. Oh geez, is it pretty, um, is it pretty large or it's it's pretty large? Um, maybe. Boy, you would think I would know this, right? This is a good question. It's funny, uh, it's funny that when people ask that question to anybody, no, nobody thinks about it until that question's asked. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right? So it's probably uh, 15 feet by 22 feet, uh, something like that. Dang. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a very large layout. Now, with all yeah. your structures yep. that you build... The the what do you ever build any of the ones for yourself, for yourself or for your own layout? Uh, I do. Some of the the structures are sitting on my layout, mm-hmm. um, but then you know some are just for clients. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do have a bunch of of kits. Um, you know, I really enjoy putting fast scale kits together and bar mills. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have too. a bunch of those. Yeah, they're they're so, great. They're definitely built great. Yeah. Now, speaking of which, you have you have a new endeavor. I think maybe be a good time for you to kind of maybe explain what's going on with that. Yes. So, uh, well, I'll tell you how it started. Um, uh, Showcase Miniatures, which is a company for years that has produced N-scale kits. Um <laughs> They recently got into HO scale kits and they wanted me to build the HO scale kits uh, to photograph for the the box art and advertising. And so I was thrilled, Um, I thought perfect. Uh, And I enjoyed working with them so much and we got to kicking around some ideas and I told them that I had a lot of ideas in my head for my own kits. And so uh, we just partnered up and uh, we have an entire line of HO scale kits that uh, we're going to be putting out. Um, The first one uh, ships the 20th of this month. So not this coming Friday, but the following Friday. Very cool. Oh, wow. Real soon. Yeah, yeah, real soon. And then we have two more planned after that. Um, I'm hoping that it's every other month. Um, so we'll skip a month, and then uh, in June we'll put out another kit. So oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm. I'm hey. just. I'm thrilled. It's uh, just a dream come true because, uh, like I said, I love putting together wood kits and. Uh, there was never quite what I wanted to model for my own layout. And so I started doing these little drawings and thought, well, someday I'll scratch build these. Well, now these drawings are getting turned into actual kits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's impressive. It's great. Now, I will tell you the, the, 
Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I was I was going to go into oh, a new topic, um, so I'll wait. The amount of hours, I have such a new respect for uh, anyone that produces kits because the amount of hours that go into producing one single kit it is quite insane. It really is. Uh, I can't even imagine. Uh, yeah, it's... And then, you know, after you get it all drawn and drawn to scale and in the computer, then you're, you're test fitting. You're, you're cutting parts and making sure that it all fits together properly. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you're putting it together again. <laughs> you put it together so many times. Uh, but then you put it together and you have to paint it and, and weather it and, and photograph it. Uh, the whole process takes quite a while. And write their directions so, for it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And Did you, um, did you write the directions for it as well? Um, Walter, who owns... Um, showcase miniatures he wrote the directions i wrote the directions on painting it and weathering it so there are complete instructions on step by step how to paint it and weather it and, very uh, cool uh, yeah i think people will really appreciate that i think i think the weathering um and i'm not i'm not trying to knock any of the manufacturers that are out there existing but I think weathering is one of the things that's completely missed in most of the instructions for kits. Or it's Definitely. very vague. Or it's vague. It's it's not yeah. missed. Yeah. I shouldn't say yeah. it's missed, but it's something that's right. not as touched yeah. on. So I'm actually I'm excited to, to you know to see how you do that and how it, how it comes out in your instructions. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's heavy in you know it's not just written instructions. It's all pictured. I took pictures. Oh, Every every step of the way, as I was building it and painting it, um, and it's all in the instructions. I mean, you can you can read it, but then you can also see right there uh, what I'm working on. Right. So it's not something where it's up to interpretation. There's actually a visual that goes with it. it yep. Exactly. Very cool. So. So now, um, now on the on quick, the actual stuff. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was actually. Before I, I interrupted him previously, before that, I was going to ask. You had said that uh, you had thought about scratch building some of them. Is 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 I I like to scratch build a lot of my stuff. Is that ever something that you got into uh, with scratch building? Have you ever have you scratch um, built some stuff? I have not scratch built. I've done a lot of uh, kit bashing where I've combined. Yeah different kids. Oh, I've seen some conventions. That's yeah. even that's actually sometimes even more <laughs> cool cuz then you get the you get the best of yeah. a couple kits in one. Yep. And my intention was to evolve into scratch building um but now with uh me producing my own kits um uh, you're kind of someday man. still but yeah <laughs> yep. I mean, you technically, so. technically, Jason, you're you're doing that. You're scratch building your on a your different kit. scale. You're just doing it for all of us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think it's I think it's really cool. I think it's a huge. It's it's got to be a monumental step for you to be able to do that, and, and in some ways, uh, just really fulfilling your your passion. Obviously, and I was going to ask you one of the questions I had here is. 
what is your favorite part of model railroading? Well, we all know now that it is kit building. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you're at the pinnacle of kit building. You are kit designing and you're part of um, your own kits that are being put out. And that, that's got to be a really fulfilling thing for you. So I'm, yes, I, I am, I am thrilled. I, I truly am thrilled. It's, uh, it's so exciting. And, uh, and I'm trying to keep these at a reasonable price. Uh, the first kit that comes out will be seventy nine ninety five. Oh, um, oh that's great. The amount of, the amount of white metal castings that you get in it and with the uh, detailed instructions and the weathering instructions, uh, I think it's a great value. I really do. Sure. That's I definitely mean, something else that helps with the hobby uh, mm-hmm. is when it, and it goes back to what you were talking about earlier about getting people who typically wouldn't have done uh, a wood kit or, or, or who wouldn't mm-hmm. have become modelers based on the fear of messing up or the fear of not knowing what to do. If you can keep it pretty reasonable – at an entry level for people to get invo- involved like you're yeah you're you're opening yourselves up to you know attracting more modelers or right. or yeah. bringing or bringing more people over from the and it, we're not bashing Walders or DPM kits in any way plenty of people do great jobs on them but you're bringing people over from the more of the plastic kit world or the not the craftsman kit world sure and you're making it affordable for them to enter into get kits that they don't have to spend three hundred dollars on it right away mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh, don't get me wrong we all love the three hundred dollar kits <laughs> but <Yeah>. uh <laughs> yes yep. you know even for yeah. uh, even for experienced modelers a uh, 79 dollars you know anywhere in that hundred dollars down is it, good price point for what you're getting yeah you know? Out of quality, I kit. think so. And and you're yeah. making those, like Brett said, the more the younger, or not necessarily younger. I shouldn't say that. The more the, the newer modeler that's stepping into uh, Craftsman kits, they're more inclined to start with something in that price point. And now they can make something really nice in that seventy nine dollar range, you know. And and that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. yep. Yeah, if I can get more modelers. Um, into it uh, I mean that's really my goal it's my goal with my Facebook page and my kids yeah us uh, too just to yep. just to share just to share the passion of the hobby right so absolutely now, I mean it's it's a community that we we talked about this in other on other podcasts uh, um, it's a community that everybody in it I've noticed helps each other within it and you know, yes. they're all willing to you know say, hey, this is how I did this. This is you know where you might not get that with some artists um, in other hobbies. They'll say, well, you know yeah. what, that's kind of my thing, you know. And here everybody shares, Definitely. help each other out. Um, it, it's it's a very and all the kit manufacturers know each other. They're all buds, and uh, yeah, you know, every and, and and they also have very close ties to their customers. Uh, so. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's awesome. I'm so happy. Yeah. I mean, it's neat to see or us see you on Facebook and you're progressing and progressing through all your kits and and showing us your builds and and we're going, wow, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome. Week after week, you know, seeing something new, and then all of a sudden, pop, you you pop that news on Friday, 
and we're sitting here thinking, holy cow, wow, wow, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, that really is, it was a great model. I mean, it's it, it's a model of your of your work to sort of business now. And, yeah. uh, but, but in a way that's going to, you know, help all of us and give us some extra product as well, so, uh, you know, as models. Yeah. So I know. Well, um, thank you. Thanks. Uh, sorry, I was I was cutting in. I apologize, but uh, I know oh, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. I think uh, I think I kind of wanted to, and I had spoken with you yesterday, previously, you know, before the podcast um, about this. I uh-huh. think I'm interested in a little bit of your weathering techniques, and I know you said you kind of wanted to hit on that. Uh, yeah, let's share some secrets here. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, some simple things. On a lot of my structures, um, I use common everyday things. I use a lot of straws and straws like drinking straws and even like coffee stir straws. Um, That's what I make most of my chimneys out of. Um, And then you'll notice on some of them, like say a drinking straw, if you're if you're on a large structure, say a, a factory, and you put a large straw on the roof, um, uh, you, you can wrap, uh, cut a strip of masking tape, wrap it around it, and then have wires that extend down to the roof uh, to that support it, that hold it in place. And, huh. and all it is is a drinking straw and in masking tape and some wire. Ah, uh, so cool. And uh, I would have never thought about that. Detail. It's a great detail that you can add. Now, um, now, when you say masking tape, do you wrap it in a way that creates like that spiral effect up the up the the stack, so it looks like it's well, a? It's just a. Uh, it, it's just a band. Okay. So you cut a real thin, like uh, I don't know, a quarter inch thick strip of masking tape and then wrap it around so it just is a band gotcha a, a ring around that straw yeah and then really i take like take a two by four and just put in like six tall nails in the two by four and then slip those straws over the nails and then just take a spray paint can and quick spray paint them huh Oh, simple. I think I've done yeah. that. I've That's done a, good. I've done a similar thing with um I you know, if I have an old pet like the Bic Click pens, the cheapo promo pens you get, I've uh-huh. I've ripped the innards out of them and used the tubes to a Bic uh just a cheapo Bic Click pen and cut them down. I've also I've used them for some stacks like like chimney stacks or or vents. But I never thought about using yeah, a straw, and it probably it was sitting in front of me the whole time. I never thought about using coffee stirs, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and the coffee uh, stir sticks um, those work great too for just small little pipes. So you yeah, know, the, when my kids were younger, I, I used to buy a lot of colored construction paper, and I thought, wow, you know, I could use that for tar paper on a roof. And so all my roofs are just um, either black or brown construction paper. And what's great is that you can take sandpaper and sand that construction paper, and it, it just automatically weathers it for you. Oh. Um, 
So, yeah, I, 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 I've seen you. Your your wrists are really cool, and they're always weathered up nice. And I didn't use yeah. sandpaper to do that. that uh, I I actually have roughed up a couple roofs myself uh, to the point where uh, I. But I've done it um, with an exacto knife, just kind of uh, roughing up the. Uh, the tar paper to where it you know, looks like it's crinkled up or it's peeling up and things in different places and then um, and then repaint under it because you know you end up showing the, the underneath it. But um, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you when you weather, do you, what with, do you like weathering with? Uh, you know, do you weather with paints? Do you weather with weather? We I use a lot of AK uh, interactive products for weathering lately because I'm loving that stuff. But uh, do you, you know? I mean, of course, I mix it with uh, with the uh, pastel uh, chalks that we we grind up. Um, the sure, pigments. Do you use a lot of chalk pigment and that type of thing. Um, I use a lot of pastel chalks, and uh, you know, a lot of people will take sandpaper over it or an exacto knife and grind out. You know, they grind it so that they have a pile of like powder mm-hmm. and. You can do that. That works great. Uh, what I do is I just simply take the paintbrush and scrub it over the stick of pastel and then paint it directly on the building. Oh. And just go back and <laughs> forth doing that. Just just scrub it scrub it over the, I think the pastel stick back and forth until you, you know, you'll get a thin powder built up on your paintbrush. Right. And then just paint it right on the item. I think you just <laughs> saved us like a day's worth of cutting of of, uh, of uh, grinding chalks I, down in the future. Not me, because I've already ground up a ton of chalk. <laughs> well, I'm definitely. I have a. I have an unopened pack of of chalk pastels from the craft it. store, and uh, yeah. before, I, before I go and take my miniature cheese grater and make another pile of chalk dust, I'm I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give that a try. Yeah, me too. Actually. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You, you 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 like to weather generally? I've noticed a lot of your stuff. You you kind of have a medium weather. It's not over. Now there are some that are really overly weather, not overly weather, but heavily weathered. And um, yeah, uh, and then some that I don't see many that aren't. Are you, you like me? And Brett Brett's big into heavy weathering. Uh, are you like me that I feel that a model almost isn't complete unless it has some sort of weathering to it? Yeah, I, I feel that. Um, all models need to be weathered. And uh, I even say this on people that have brand new modern layouts. Um, there's always going to be dirt and dust uh, uh, that that get onto a building. Um, if you have a billboard on a brand new layout and you're modeling this year, I, I recommend just taking some gray pastels and just at least brushing it on it so that it looks gives it a little bit of a dust look to it um, myself I prefer pretty heavy weathered <laughs> dirty looking that's that's <laughs> my model my cup of tea. You know, yeah yep <laughs> so <laughs> well uh, your weathering should be really is well thank you thank yeah. you uh, and it's so simple I mean People, so many people have like cars on their layout, and maybe their their new cars uh, at least gray the tires 
Uh, yeah. At least, you know, put some chalk powder on the tires. Right. Um, you don't need shiny rubber so, tires. Yeah. Or, <laughs> for the most part, you don't see shiny rubber tires. Or, or a fresh wax. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a rule I try to follow, and this is just me personally, I try not to ever use pure white and pure black. Uh, because of the scale of the model, uh, it may be white in real life, but when you get it shrunk it down to that size, to HO scale or even N scale, um, it's going to be sort of an off-white, or the gray is now going to look a little bit, uh, the black is going to look a little bit gray. Right. Uh, so uh, that's just a trick that I use um, personally. It's never to use straight white or straight black. Do you use a lot of a, so. do you use a lot of acrylics or? Um, yeah, it's, it's all acrylics. Yeah. Yep, it's all acrylics. It's all water based. That's yeah, how, we, so. we we do too. And now now yeah. we we use like your your Americana and your folk art and your Apple Barrel yes. that type of thing. Um, and then of yep. course, it's I'm very a, it's very easy to amass a, a large collection of uh, of acrylic paints from the craft <laughs> store when you get in wrapped yes. into this. Yep. I have like 200 bottles yes. or something here, 300 bottles. Of <laughs> but and every time I go to the craft store, now I, I know you're. Uh, you, I don't know where you live. You have an AC Moore or Michaels out there, but uh, Michaels. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I, I use a coupon every time I go in, and then they're always on a special. Right. AC Moore runs a special. This last week they had a special for 88 cents a bottle on all of those three that I mentioned, and um, at AC Moore, and I don't need any more. And I still uh, <laughs> half a dozen bottles, yeah. half a dozen bottles. You know, <laughs> you know that one. That periwinkle, and I could mix it myself. And <laughs> yeah, bother. Yep. You can buy it for eighty cents. But and some of these new companies, like, well, I don't know if they're new, but like AK Interactive, they have these um, washes that they've created, like a a, a grime mm-hmm. or a, an oil an oil wash. Well, I have found that if you go to the art store, say Michael's, mm-hmm. you can buy um, a matte medium, which is just a clear gel. And then you can mix your, your water-based acrylic paints with that to create those washes. Um, yeah. It's very oh, wow. easy to do, you know, with the, with the oil, Say like with an oil wash, if you want something to look like oil's been dripping down it, you know, if you use a uh, a burnt sienna and a raw sienna and a black and sort of mix those together, mm-hmm. but use it in that matte medium and, and add some water if you want to thin it, you totally you can get that wash look. For uh, for anyone for anyone listening, what um. What what specifically is the matte medium? That way, if, if they're trying to figure out what you're talking about, is there a brand that you usually look for? Uh, matte medium is just something that you add to acrylic paints. Right. And um, uh, so... Um, I probably I'm probably asking a, a ridiculous question, but it's just something. yeah because we know where matte medium no, no. is. It's just uh, we didn't know if you had a specific brand of matte medium that you use or. No, I just no. Um, like the cheapest, the cheapest brand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I guess if so. you're, you know, you're building as much as you are, um, you want to, you want to try and, you know, conserve some, you know, you 
you have to be conservative with your money and what you're spending yeah. on your resources. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, your materials. That's a great way to. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. We've we've talked a lot in in depth about. AK Interactive, so it's actually pretty cool. Because I got like a ton of it. It's actually pretty cool <laughs> that you're 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 opening our eyes up to kind of homebrewing your own, uh, yeah, other exactly. types of weathering pa- and, or weathering mediums. It further goes on to explain what I tried to say the, the last week. I did a special on AK Interactive stuff, and uh, what I was trying to tell people is you don't have to go out and buy that. I love using it, but you don't have to go out and buy yeah. it that stuff there there's nothing in this hobby there's nothing art material wise that you can't create there's nothing you can't see in my opinion that you can't create by using craft paints and different you know mediums that are out there and 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 some basic stuff uh to to make that make that happen you got toy with it yeah yeah definitely uh, I think that those products are great, especially for these military modelers. Oh my God, their stuff is so real looking. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're going for that realistic look, um, definitely, if you want to spend the money on right. uh, the AK Interactive, you know, all the washes that they sell, um, it'll do exactly what they say it'll do. And it'll look amazing. Um uh, if you're on a on a budget and um, you're not going for that super realistic look, uh, there's definitely ways to to create that effect right. uh, by right. using different stuff at the uh, art store. Uh, yeah, and, and, recently and yeah, I just cool. tried, you know, for a uh, peeled paint effect. Um, I tried something I'd never tried before. It's called liquid frisket, and you brush it on. Um, it's a little tricky because it's clear or it has like a, a mine had like a pinkish tint to it. You brush it on and then um, it dries quick and then you can just dry brush on your paint color over it. And then after that dries, just take an eraser or even your, your thumb and just it, that liquid frisket turns to like a rubber. Huh. It'll just peel right off, oh, and wow. then it kind of gives you a, a peeled paint effect. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, where can you find liquid frisket? Uh, Michaels. My Michaels, they have that? They, I, think, I think we're going there tomorrow. They probably have <laughs> – I think they have three different um, – uh, as far as – when I looked, they had, like, three different types, you know. So you can get very expensive or, you know – you can get it a little cheaper. So, um, and liquid yeah, frisket would at, be found in what section of Michael's would you find that in? Um, in the paint section. Okay. In the paint section. Okay. Yep. In the paint oh. section. Yep. Well, that's, that's definitely where, cool. I, I love peeling paint effects, um, and there's like a dozen of them I would buy. I would look in the section where they sell oil paints. Oil paints. Okay. Yeah. So that's great. And so, and is, this is a water-based thing or? Yes. Yep. It, okay. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love getting, yeah. I love, I love sharing these. <laughs> it, it's so cool. I mean, it's so cool to sit down with a 
fellow modeler and you and you, you you've admired his work and looked at it and you know every morning on Facebook I get on and go oh that's so cool you know sitting from my office chair at yeah. work and going oh that's that's awesome and then and then uh, the rest of the day I'm thinking oh man I wonder how he did that and you know now we're here now we're sitting here and, and uh, yeah, that's, that's that's pretty cool and uh, you know, I, now, I agree now? I love uh, I love sharing ideas with different modelers and learning new things so oh yeah. I think yeah, the greatest so out there. I think the greatest thing about it is when, and I'm sure I'm sure you've done it too, Jason. Where, uh, you know, you'll look at someone else's work, or and it and it goes kind of back to what we were talking about earlier, where we shouldn't compare our work to other people's work. But I know I've done it, and I'm sure you and my dad have done it as well, where you look at someone and something they've done, and you just you go how how in the world did they do that thing whatever that yeah. and it's probably something very small but you look at it and you're like how do they do that and it's cool talking yeah. with you about techniques and things because it's stuff that is so simple when you when you just ask someone you just ask them yeah. and they'll, they'll probably yep. tell you and it's so simple and, and oh, right, yeah. right there in front of you but it looks very complicated when it's finished just because of its how complex you can make it look yeah uh-huh. I'll be honest with yep. you, of the of the modelers that are out there, uh, one of your features that I love, and there's two modelers out there, I love the way they do this, and that's the rust. And you and Brett are the, are the two guys that I love looking at your, when you guys do rust on your models, it, 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 it's, it's phenomenal. I can do rust to a degree. I'm not, you know, your stuff looks great. You know, both of you guys do. Well, thank you. Yeah, oh, thank Thanks. you. Thanks. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now, Jason, I, Jason, that... I have to ask you what your Rust hack is, because and I'll tell you mine. It's mine's super simple. Okay, and I'm sure yours is too. Well, um, I think first off, I think if you're going to tackle the project of making something rusty, look at real pictures and study. Right. Uh, how rust forms and what it looks like in real life and then go into it. Um, uh, I use basically three, three different colors. And I think there's, you know, you have your new rust, uh, a, a medium rust, and then a really old rust. Yep. Um, your old rust is going to be a, a dark, uh, you know, a, uh, a really dark brown where your your newest rust is going to have more of a yellow ochre tint to it right so so my my uh, i was going to just give you my little rundown on it my rust uh-huh. usually consists of and i don't i don't have any of the uh my dad uses a lot of ak stuff and and it turns out great i have never actually got my hands on ak things yet and my rust is simply different forms and variations of uh, three diff- basically three colors of uh, acrylic paints that I either turn into washes or um, or just some dust that I either water down uh-huh. and, and, and drip onto a model and let it run down or just brush on and then I take a, a, a ink wash and alcohol and let it run down the building and I just use either terracotta brown or a or a yellowy orange paint, and I dry brush it. Or mm-hmm. I'm just like I said, applying dust with alcohol and letting it drip. So that's my cheap rust tip. I don't know if yours is <laughs> yeah. any similar or different. That'd be interesting to hear. 
You know, a lot of rust that I apply, um, I apply it with a sponge. And the sponge that I use, um, if you go to a fabric store, um, they sell foam that is meant to be used for, like, seat cushions. Hmm. And uh, it's great. It just has such a great texture to it. You know, it's really fine. Um, but, man, you can just get a giant piece of that that will last you a lifetime. And you just keep tearing off little chunks of it. And you just dab on your color. And um, if you want a little bit more control after you do that, just take a real fine brush and just, uh, you know, dot it and just dab on your, your rust color. And ah. then after that all dries, then go over it, brush brush on your um, your pastel chalks. Right. So, so if you dab on your darker rust color first, then brush on um, a lighter uh, rust color that's going to represent your newer rust with your pastels over the top of that. Uh, I think it turns out great. Oh, cool. So, well, I, yeah, I learned something too. So that's awesome. <laughs> great. Now, uh, I I have had good luck with. Like, like Brett was saying, with the AK Russ. But you were mentioning about that, Jason, about the fact that that's geared to, and it is, it's geared and designed for military modelers. And I've often said uh-huh. this in the past with using them, is that you, it, it, when you step into that, trying that out, it's, it's a great medium to have, uh, but you have to play with it because it is made. And I had this talk with Doug Fiscali, um a little bit uh, at the Fine Scale Miniature Show up in Altoona, and uh-huh. we we talked about the, uh, the the AK products. He loves them. He sells them. And uh, yeah. he we were he was giving his seminar, and afterwards we met in the hallway. And we were talking, and uh, I mentioned the fact that I use these, but the problem is sometimes you put them on and they go on because they're made for a larger scale. You have to really toy with them and work them down uh, to get yeah. them to your scale. And so sometimes it takes yeah. a little work and a lot of people may not have the patience for an AK for uh, AK um, product. So, uh-huh. uh, but it's, uh, yeah, that, but I, I do have a lot of luck with, uh, with the pastel chalks and such. Now, also um, on on your weathering and stuff. Um, well, on, on your structure building. Let's go back to that really quick. Uh, I had a couple other questions here that I wanted to run through before we run out of time here today. And, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> how many structures do you think you built, man? Because <laughs> I was uh, trying to count, I, I just stopped. I was like, no, no I can't go any further. I was going to pick a couple tonight and talk about it. And I was like, I don't even know which one to pick. I don't know what you meant. You know? I, I really don't know because um, the problem is I've built so many for clients that, uh, you know, I've almost forgotten about like I've, I'll build uh, a plastic kit for someone and then you know it goes away so I don't even see it anymore so uh, it, it's hard to know now uh, when when you're when you're when you are building let's say you're building for a client uh, how long does it usually take you to, to complete build and complete one 
generally. Um, or if not just for a client, or even just for yourself. It might depend on complexity, I'm sure, too. Yeah, I guess. Of course. It, uh, it, it does vary. Um, I've gotten pretty quick at it. So, I, I noticed. Um, <laughs> and then I'll ask people, like, well, how much do you want it weathered? You know, how heavily do you want it weathered? Right. And so I get, I ask a lot of questions up front to get a really good idea of, uh, of what they're picturing in their mind of right. how the model's going to look. And then after that, I just do it. I yeah. just, yeah, just focus on it and do it. Um, it so. It's a, yeah, I noticed that you also um, have with modeling. I went. This is going back way early on your page. You had some dinosaur-looking robots and things like that. So you've done other modeling yes. outside of of this. Do you do any military modeling as well? Um, I don't. I've never done any type of military modeling, but um, I'm fascinated with. Uh, robots and robot dinosaurs mm-hmm. um, and it's, I love doing that but I just don't seem to have any time to uh, <laughs> do that type of modeling so. I can't imagine that you do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 the reason I brought it up is because a lot of our, we get a lot of listeners and we were shocked and surprised by this recently we've been doing a lot of articles on our website um, with how, how to how to Articles and such, and then we've been posting them up all over Facebook groups and and uh, trying to you know, get, you know get people to check them out. And I have gotten large responses and um, comments and stuff from military modelers uh, in the military modeling group, and they're fascinated okay. with our realm of model railroading. Uh, I noticed that we do. Yeah. I noticed also. Yeah. I noticed also on our on our Instagram, and this is There's something. This is something I think is really neat. On our Instagram, I find there's a lot of modelers on inst- on on Instagram that all they do is paint uh, prizer figures. Have you have yeah. you seen them? Have you seen them <laughs> at all, Jason? <laughs> yes. They yes. They, they make little yeah, tiny it, scenes you know, I with prizer you, figures. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just saying it's it's amazing. They make these little tiny scenes with prizer figures, and that's all they seem to do. And it's amazing that they look awesome. Okay. Yeah, you, you are really breaking it. Okay, hang on, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> it should get better here. Is it better? Are we better? Okay. Not yeah, really. Much better. Much better. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. No, I apologize for that. Uh, I was okay. saying. I was saying. It's. It's just. It's amazing that these people paint. Um, just they just paint prizer figures and they put them around like ordinary everyday objects and they turn them into a scene and and that for some reason I I I, I find that just amusing I just love looking at it <laughs> yeah well uh, something I'm fascinated with um, are the gaming figures uh, mm-hmm. like Warhammer or Dungeons and Dragons that yeah. type of stuff uh, I think it's so cool that people. Um, paint at that scale um and they just that's a whole nother art form uh, yeah. it's amazing yeah and i think that both the war gamers we get war gamers too war gamers military guys and then of course us in model remembering i think everybody's taking from each other and and you know, yeah definitely yeah and that's awesome. I mean, if we, if I see something, I want to be able to pick it up and say, ah, 
you know what? I, I learned that from looking at a military model and thinking, this is a great idea. I don't know if I can make that happen in our scale, but I'll try. And then you yeah. might throw it in a trash can, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other, another question I had for you here is um, what type of structures do you like to build the best? Because I noticed you have a lot of them that are, uh, I wouldn't say industrial, but like, um, uh, you know, uh, woodworking shops and and plumbing supply places and you know there are a lot of yeah uh, warehouse type buildings and they're 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 incredible you 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 nail them but um, what what do you like to build the best? Um, probably like you said, uh, industrial and the kits that I'm going to be releasing are mostly industrial buildings, um, uh, and that's what I really like. Um, just the. Uh, I, Anything that <laughs> it can be dirty and gritty. Um, I the next kit that I'll be releasing is actually an ironworks uh, building. Um, so uh, yeah, I just love the industrial look to it and feel of it. Um, anything that's really old and dirty and gritty. Yeah, um, so. and, and a lot of your models. And maybe you can explain. That. Well, not explain it, but you just yeah. Um, you you show when you do a lot of your wood, like uh, decking and uh, you know the decking of a dock or or even uh-huh. the base of your buildings. You have a lot of natural looking woods. Okay, but you know yeah. you tell you know you when you when you got that wood, it didn't look like that. It was raw wood. What are you getting? Yeah. What are you doing to draw out that natural-looking wood tones? And it varies. You mix it up pretty good. So, yeah. Um, you know, something that I've stumbled onto, um, it's, uh, it seems like a new technique or a new technique to me. Um, I go in with paint first. I think that a lot of modelers first feel they have to stain a wood, and they use different types of, of stain, which is great. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, I take a different approach where I first go in with um, acrylics and I do water them down just a little, uh, just so it's very wet on the brush. And uh, I just lightly, very lightly, brush on different wood colors over the wood first. And then um, then I put my my stain over the top of that. I'll put a wash over it after oh. that paint's dried. Um, and I I just I've had better luck myself with getting a more natural wood look um, doing that because um, I think with just putting a, a a stain like so many people will do like uh, the alcohol and mm-hmm. black. Uh, yeah. black India ink and you know and then they just do a, a wash over it with that and really then you just end up getting a gray wood but it's it's consistent it's just it's gray wood the entire wall is gray right. wood yeah it is well, like that and everything uh, sure no I want to see uh, variations in the wood right and that, oh, by by that's, that's what, painting on I your colors that's first. That's one of the standout things. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really. I don't know what made me try that. Um, I'm always always pushing myself to try uh, 
new techniques and to give it a new look. So uh, I just stumbled upon that, and um, that's the technique that I've been using lately. So now you say when you put a wash over top of it, uh, what kind of wash is that? Is that a is a an alcohol based wash, or is it a, is it a wash that you make with your acrylics? Yep, I use um, just acrylics, mm-hmm. and um, so just with my brush, I'll dip in the black and say say I have a jar that I'm using to mix my wash in. Um, I'll just dip in the black and then just put that in the jar, dip in a little like uh, raw sienna or, or some type of other wood color. And then, uh, and then just add a lot of water and stir it up. And of course, try it on a raw or a, a sample piece of wood first before you put it on your actual kit but uh yeah just experiment with you know uh, just a lot of water and then just keep dipping into different paints and and stirring it up until you have the wash that that you want Uh, it's really been a very big because of really old wood or new wood or or different types as far as like oak or maple um so yeah just yeah and it's all again it's just the the water-based acrylic paint yeah now when you put your initial when you put the initial coat down in the acrylics uh are you putting down one particular color or are you mixing them up uh or you um, paint one over another lately i've been doing three colors so I do a a warm gray, which is a light gray, but it's on the warm side. Um, and then uh, a tan color. I think the color I use a lot is called a uh, sand or sandstone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a basic tan. And then I'll do a, a brown, uh, some type of brown color. Oh, that's so great. Uh, I late, I did, and it's almost like dry brushing. You just lightly. I hold my brush at such an angle that you're almost going sideways, and you mm-hmm. just lightly brush it over uh, the boards. Yeah. Um, just randomly doing your three colors, uh, and it looks kind of splotchy at first. You're like, oh, this, I'm, I'm wrecking it. <laughs> but <laughs> then when when you put your wash <coughs> over it. Uh, it ties it all together. And I always tell people, don't soak your wood. There's no need to soak it. You don't have to get it all in one try. (laughs) You know, I think too many people try to achieve the look all at once. Yeah. And you're just going to end up warping the wood. Um, Oh, yeah. I've I've had problems with that. In one, (laughs) just one direction, one direction, brush your wash over it and let it dry. And then if you think it's not dark enough, then go back and in one direction, one swoop, just go over it again and just build up build up your layers slowly um you you know then you're not going to have the warping so 
Yeah, Lay- layering it on and having the patience to, and that's a big key to a lot of this is is the patience that you have to let yeah. things fly and move and then yep. move on to something else and come back to it a little bit later and then put that next wash on or next. <laughs> you know, one of the most important tools I have on my workbench is a hair dryer. <laughs> I, I use a hair dryer to speed everything up. Uh, I'm constantly grabbing for the hair dryer to. to, to yeah. I honestly can say you know, I never did that, but I know Brett has. Yeah. I do it all the time. I'm, I'm very, yeah. I'm very impatient, and uh, and yep. when I, well, to your point, uh, when I was first starting this out with Craftsman kits, I was inundating the wood with stains and paints, and it was warping. And yeah. uh, uh, luckily, I've since learned to just be patient with it. But the one yeah. thing that I am not patient on is waiting for my layers to dry. So I am with you on the <laughs> yeah. hair dryer. My, my the other last year for Christmas, I bought my wife a new hair dryer, and I stole the other one from her uh, just so I could bring it down into the basement. So she got a new yeah. one, and I got her old yep. one just so I could get my models done quicker. That's awesome. A good a good trick if your wood does warp is put your wash on the opposite side. Just flip over the wood, huh. put your wash on the opposite side, and then it'll warp the opposite direction and, and uh, should go back to, to being flat. Yeah, yeah. Huh, we, so, I've never, yeah. I never thought about doing it that way. We always just, uh, <laughs> last episode we were talking about, we use, <laughs> we use hockey pucks to weight them down and, flat, and flatten them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a hockey family, so we we have lots of pucks laying around, and and they make perfect little weights. But uh, but I have I have wet the other opposite side of the wood for some failures that I've had where they warp into almost a C shape, or and uh, on stuff a long yeah. time. And uh, I've had to wet the back side to get it to go back, and it does work that way. It's just you, you, that's when you that's when you first realize that you know you you've done too much. Yeah, you got to find your patience. Yeah. <laughs> yes, adults yes. over but that's that's a, that's that's pretty cool. So, um, I, I think a lot of modelers too they they panic. They're like, "Oh my god, I wrecked it!" Well, <laughs> slow down. It can be fixed. You know, you can always, uh, at least for myself, I always think I can fix this. Right. Um, so I think most things are yeah, and, most and things I think are, that's that's the thing. There's there's not much. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying most things are repairable with with, with anything you're yeah. doing. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's yeah. not much you can't. There's not much you can ruin. Well, you can ruin, but there's not too much you can you cannot change or fix or make it look better. Uh, when I think the know. the but, worst feeling but, in the world is when you break a wall. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, you're working with a piece of clapboard <laughs> and you snap it. And I mean, yeah. what, you can glue them back together and, and you you never know once it's, once it's yeah. put back together. But I think that's the worst feeling. In the it world makes is, you want to cry because you <laughs> paid so much for the damn model. And you're like, oh, yes. man, it snapped. And yep. it's not, now it's, you know, you can make, like Brett said, you can hide it. But then deep inside. When you're all done, you're going, eh, nobody will see it, but I know it's got that crack, you know, and it, it eats at me uh, somehow. I don't know the name of the company off the top of my head, but there is a company that I buy uh, wood from, and I've had to 
um, when I first started out, I've actually had to recut a wall, uh, so just laid the piece on top of it. Oh man! And so you can buy sheet, you can buy sheets of clapboard, right? And then uh, you know if you really really screw up a wall or it does completely break on you, um, you can recut. Yeah, we got piles of it. The wall. <laughs> okay, we got a stockpile of, of clapboard. Yeah, we got we got tons of grass uh, of clapboard, man. <laughs> but it's good to have any modeler out there. And our listeners uh, need to know. You know, make like Jason said, make sure you get a couple pieces and keep them on hand, and then that way, yeah, you know, that's a lot. Just a couple, just in case you have to you have to yeah. a piece. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I think that too many modelers have this vision in their head that uh, some of these great modelers that they follow, uh, that they don't have any problems, that they just <laughs> know what they're doing and they put it together. That's not true at all. Not at all. It's just uh, <laughs> not having that fear and just jumping into it and, uh, and knowing that if you make mistakes that it can be fixed and uh totally and again you, there's no need to uh you can learn from people but then just apply it in your own way to the look that you want for your layout rather than trying to copy somebody uh because you just probably gonna end up being disappointed so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what, what do we ex- I was sorry. It's hard to. It's always harder to achieve someone else's look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. It definitely is. Uh, Jason, what do you have uh, outside of your your uh, new kits coming out? What do you have uh, going on for yourself as far as we always do this on our show? What's on your bench right now? Um, well, I'm finishing up um, doing the diorama that uh, model, my first kit that's being released on the 20th, um, I'm building a diorama for it so that I can take it outside and photograph it for the box art. So that's currently uh, what I'm working on. Oh, cool. So That's cool. Are yeah. we, we going to get to see some of that on, on Facebook? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll that's be, awesome. Uh, I'll, yeah, on Friday, actually, I will um, start to put up pictures of me working on the post are pictures of me painting the, uh, I put a, a railroad track next to it so that people could see what it looks like if it was next to a, you know, a track. So um, I'm constantly trying to come up with new ways to paint those plastic ties so that they look like real wood. <laughs> and uh, I think that I've stumbled onto a, a technique. So on Friday, you'll be seeing pictures Very of that. Cool. And it's really oh, that's cool. like everything else. It's just uh, acrylic paint and uh, using pastel chalks. Yeah. And, uh, that's yeah, awesome. So that's sweet. I, I can't wait to see that. And, and, uh, you know, it's, a. Uh, it's great having it. We're we're um, soon going to be running out of time here. Um, no, we're uh, good. We're good. As long as everyone oh, else good? is good, okay. we're good. I'm good with that, Dan. I'm cool because this is okay. this was, this was <laughs> something I really really look forward to was having this talk with you, and uh, uh, we we can go on as long as you want um, to go on. 
<laughs> well, well, I'll tell you this. I can always. I'm looking forward to coming back on the show. Totally. So, oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. We'll so, do that. So, well, um, yeah, we will. Um, we will definitely be having you back on. I, I think there's a, a a wide range of topics that we can hit on with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yes. and and I, it would be very cool to have some reoccurring topics with you or you know updates check-ins on a recurring basis with you so i i that's a very definitely it's a, a very neat idea i think it'll be great to do that on a regular on a more regular basis with him and yeah. and uh be able to uh, both of us can kind of work together and talk to people and kind of collaborate on on ideas with uh with with kit building and uh you know with what you have out there that you're putting out uh you know and what you know what we derive as builders uh when we get kits you know figuring out you know you know questions we may have and things like that so um but there's yeah. a i think that you coming on here and working with us uh there's uh i i look forward to some great things yeah definitely right. You know, and I'd I'd even be open to um, if you guys are open to doing Skype, where uh, people can see us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I, tonight was yeah. a good. Uh, tonight was a trial run here for us because um, I, you know, if, if you've, I, I don't know how many of the podcast episodes you've listened to, but um, you're you know you're our second guest we've had on, so. Uh, we're still trying to hammer out the details on guests because normally it's just us two, and um, <laughs> and when you when you have a live guest on, it makes it a little bit a little bit you know more tedious, a little more cumbersome. But uh, we're getting better. At it. We're Sometimes getting there. We're cutting each other off. And- <laughs> we're getting there with it, and uh, I, I it would be really neat. And my dad and I had talked about doing uh, even a live show during our podcast, so people could mm-hmm. people who could. Uh, kind of check in on us via and I, I found an integration that we could do that with with a with a, a Skype call uh, you know our Facebook fans okay. our Facebook fans I think could be able to check in on us on a live feed which would be pretty neat sure in yeah. the middle of recording yeah yeah that'd be cool okay yeah, yeah I'm good with all that so um, yeah why don't we uh, I think at this point maybe we wrap it up and uh, you know, and we also are hockey fans, like I said. And there's <laughs> hockey playoffs on right now, so we're gonna get to the hockey playoffs. Now, now I have to ask you. I have to ask you. You're from you're from Colorado. Um, yeah. What part of Colorado? What part of Colorado are you from? Uh, Greeley. Are you, so? Are you an Avalanche? So, um, um, you know, I'm not much of a sports. Okay. Person. Okay. <laughs> All right. yeah, it's okay. Sorry, that. guys. Sorry. No, no, that's that's quite all right. If if we weren't, we'd get more work done. You know, <laughs> we're we are uh, we are we are for some reason uh, drawn to the Washington Capitals, and they always have a good way of letting you down and breaking your heart every year. So maybe yeah. maybe we need to take a lesson and not be so invested in our sports. To- but. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know being out in Colorado if you were. So, it, you know, <laughs> they uh, think they're in the think, playoffs too. So, uh, <laughs> Greeley, uh, a lot of Air Force Base there? Uh, no, I'm actually I'm an hour north of Denver. And uh-huh. it's just uh, um, the university is here. And uh, 
it's a great town. I just I love Colorado in general. I just love living here. Oh, that's great. So very cool. Are you a skier? I grew up in Iowa, and uh, he's in the middle, he's surrounded by Amish farmers, and his internet is like. <laughs> yeah, my internet is pretty bad. So I, mean, I did I cut out on you guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm sorry. Out. I'll yeah, edit this. That won't be in the show. We'll cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, we will. Okay. <laughs> But Jason, uh, we we appreciate your time tonight, and uh, we are we are you know very much followers of yours, and and uh, we love seeing your work. And you know, I'm not gonna lie, we're gonna sit here and tell you that we don't come up with great ideas that we get from seeing your stuff. And I think that's the spirit of the hobby. Um, uh, you know, yeah. I, we want to really thank you tonight for for being uh, on with us as our guest, and it, it it was really really cool. I had a great time. Thank well, you. thank. Thank you two. Uh, this has been just a blast. Uh, <laughs> I love this, and I hope that we can do it again. Soon. Oh, we are definitely doing it again, pal. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> okay. I think, I think next time we'll we'll try to be a little a uh, little more tactful and 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 come up with some topics ahead of time. Yeah. That way we can kind of. Uh, sure. Last night. Yeah, I, tonight was. Last night tonight was getting to know Jason. Tonight was getting to know right, Jason. Right. You know, and and yeah. and yep. last night I shared on our Facebook page, which when the listeners hear the podcast would have been Wednesday night, but uh, a little sneak preview of of you as a guest. So it'd be cool, you know, a day or two before we release our podcast for us to both be able to share on your page and our page, kind of like what the podcast listeners can get, what they're going to be hearing this cu- upcoming week. You know, if, if we feature when we feature you again, so that way they get a little sneak sure. peek of of some topics that are coming. I think that's great. Yeah, you know, and, and maybe even sometime, you know, we can talk about a, a specific kit. Definitely. Um, you know, that'd be great. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, doesn't have to be my kit. <laughs> no, I think, I, think all, I think all in all, we've built, between all of us together, we've built enough kits to find something oh, to yeah. talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I can do one while we're, while we're talking. But there's, uh, there's always... Uh, there's always a kit on the on the work somewhere in the background waiting to get done. Right. So yes. Very cool. So <laughs> yep. yep. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jason, and um, and we will uh, we will definitely be getting you back on the show again. And I hope our listeners enjoyed all the the weathering tips that you gave us, and you know everything, all the wealth of information you were tonight on the show. We like. Well, to thank you the- guys. It- it was my pleasure. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. So, and we'll that, like put said, a link up to I your hope. Facebook page as well. Uh, you know, during this week, we're going to put a link yeah, up. It'll be in the po- it'll be well. in the show okay. description. In in the show description, yep. uh, with whatever you're listening to, the show the show description below will have a link to uh, yeah. Jason's information. Yep. Okay. So you got yeah, and like you said, I hope that a lot of listeners. Um, got some good tips out of this um, because that's really the goal that's my goal I just want to share my knowledge uh, with all the modelers out there right so that's what we're about our our goal is to uh, we're never we're not we don't sell a product we're we're about building the community and uh, and uh, trying to get more people into this so that's that's fantastic yep well, th- great. Thank you, Jason, and uh, we <laughs> will have you back on again. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. You All got right it. Thank you.
Well, we want to thank Jason for coming on the show. I hope you guys all enjoyed um, his interview and some of his tips and advice of kind of how he does his things with modeling. I know we love watching what he posts online and are just amazed by some of the stuff that he does. And I think a lot of you probably have seen a lot of what he does online. And if you haven't, make sure you get over to his page, Jason Jensen, Jason Jensen's Trains on Facebook. Check out what he's doing. It's great. It's awesome stuff. Um, but with that, we are wrapping up this week's episode. As usual, make sure you email us, podcasts at hoscalecustoms.com. You can contact us on our website. Head on over to our Patreon page, hoscalecustoms. Um, it's patreon.com forward slash hoscalecustoms. Uh, as usual, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, we're on all of it. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode this week. Have a good one. See you next week.